Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to review the Thursday and Friday night games from round three. What an unbelievable round of NRL it was. Uh, I don't know what's in the water at the moment, but the footy is just so exciting. I'm absolutely loving it, getting so hard to predict all these games. I think I went five from eight in tips this week, which I'm absolutely stoked with, all things considered. Uh, It was a brutal, brutal sort of week, uh, and I mean... For 70 minutes, I thought I was going to get the Broncos wrong as well. So, uh, wild, wild weekend of footy. It is so good to watch at the moment. We will kick off uh, the Thursday and Friday night podcast uh, games on this podcast. Uh, now, just keep in mind, Thursday night, um, I didn't get to watch the entire thing the whole way through. I have gone back and watched it since, um, so, sort of in passing. But because we were up at uh, Rockhampton, sort of in and out of this game a little bit, had to go pick up Maddie and Timmy uh, from the airport. And then the Friday games, obviously, we were live on stage doing the live show throughout these games, uh, but I've gone back and watched the vast majority of them. So just keep that in mind, but I'll give you my full analysis based on the notes that I have from these games. We'll kick off uh, with the Thursday night game. Manly against Parramatta. Uh, unbelievable. Six tries each. It was crazy. Came down to conversions, essentially, and a penalty goal from Ruben Garrick that separated the two. 34 to 30. Um, I tell you what, when you score 30 plus points and you lose... I can't imagine anything more fucking demoralizing, and God, we are seeing it a lot in the modern game. It's uh, it's getting brutal. The amount of teams, like you look at the Melbourne Storm on the weekend, I think they scored thirty four and lost. That is tough. And you, like you even have a look at the West Tigers yesterday. I mean, I know that they, they only scored twenty two points. I scored. The, I thought they scored a little bit more, but yeah, to score thirty plus points and lose is fucking brutal. So I feel sorry for Parramatta. Um, this was our fear coming into. Um, uh, the season that, you know, Parramatta, if they didn't start well, which I didn't think they would without Maddo, uh, and then that they play three teams coming off buys, you know, teams coming off buys at the moment, they are 2-0, and St. George and the Manly Seagulls, very, very tough. They play the Panthers on Thursday night, that's going to be brutal, and then the Roosters next Thursday night, both coming off buys, two weeks to prepare. 
it's going to be a tough few weeks for Parramatta. But this game, uh, I thought Tommy Turbo and Ruben Garrick, they opened up. They were sensational. Uh, obviously scored their first few tries. Ruben Garrick, fuck, he's in some nice form at the moment. Such a good winger. And Tommy Turbo, I, it still looks to me like he's not at 100%. Uh, but, fuck... Tommy Turbo at 80% is still one of the best players in this competition, if not the best. He is just an absolute fucking freak, Turbo. Great to see Brad Parker. Uh, well, it wasn't his greatest game all round, but obviously playing his 100th game of first grade and scoring a meat pie. Great to see. And the last 12 minutes, Olukawatu scored two tries. He's a freakish little talent. But outside of that, he didn't get too involved in this game. He's a little bit quiet. I think he scored two tries and uh, scored 60 in Supercoach. So outside of that, pretty quiet Olukawatu. Unfortunately, I had him in my team, so he sort of got a little bit of a get-out-of-jail card there. Uh, but, yeah, he's got a lot more to offer. Um, yeah, look, Manly, they'll be happy with this performance. They'll be, ha- they'll be happy to get away with the win. I mean, they conceded 30 points. So they, they definitely won't be stoked with that. They'll be happy to, to, to get away with the win, though. Joshy Schuster, um, first game back. I think he grabbed at his quad at one point, quad... Calf, actually calf, I think it was. Uh, he grabbed at one point after a kick, uh, which is a little bit concerning. I thought he had some really nice touches in this game. The chip over the top was just unbelievable. The touch that he's got in the ball. We are talking about the live show the other night. It's not like he got that ball off the play the ball and he had time to consider what he was doing. That was an offload where he had to catch and spin and then... You see guys like him, the way that they hit their chips, and Adam Reynolds is, is very similar, the way that he hits the the, the, the short-range chips at times where you're like, fuck, it looks like the ball's got helium in it. It just, they have the lightest touches. It's just so delicate, and Schuster, he's just an absolute freak. Like, he could have scored that. Turbo ended up scoring it, but it could have been him as well. It just, it was never not going to be a try. I do wonder, you know, if I was Clint Gutherson standing at fullback and I got Josh Schuster coming at me, that big frame at full speed, he chips over the top. I go, thank fucking God. But, uh, yeah, he's just got so much confident in, confidence in his ability, Schuster. Very impressive. I thought Gerbo went about his work, did well. I thought Tanila Paseca, he was pretty good with the ball, 150-odd metres there. Uh, yeah, a good performance all round. Kohler, oh, I thought he was good once again. Geez, um, he's such a talented guy, Kohler. Just so much ability there. It's not even funny. Uh, so, yeah, good all-round game for Manly, apart from the defence, obviously. Uh, but I think it just turned into one of those games that you knew it was going to be like a game of tennis. Uh, like a number of missed tackles from Manly, but no one missed more than three, but they had a number of guys that did miss three odd tackles there. So a bit to work on for Manly, but I think they'll be happy just to get away with a win in this one. Parramatta on the other side of the park. Um, starting to get a little bit worried about Parra. Uh, as I said, they got, you know, Panthers into Roosters. They could be 0-5. I personally think that Easter Monday, Parramatta versus the West Tigers, I think you'll have two teams that are 0-5 going up against each other in that game. Uh, I'm very worried about Parramatta as it stands right now. To their credit, I thought Manly absolutely blew them off the park early, and I thought it was going to get really ugly. They somehow managed to fight their way back in. Uh, But, I mean, they scored, what, three tries in the last 10 minutes to keep this game alive and conceded another one off an intercept. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I just it's hard to get a read on Parramatta at the moment. I, I know that they're you know, that they were missing a few players in this game and I know that, you know, they're waiting for Brian Madison to come back and I know that he's gonna be a really important figure in this side. But I'm just just getting a little bit nervous about them. For the first time this season, uh, Brad Arthur used his entire interchange, which was great to see. I don't know why it took so fucking long to do that. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood only played 55 minutes. Matty Doria, we haven't heard the results yet uh, from his scans. Hopefully he is okay. Um, obviously played the 55, 53 minutes, scored a try. Scored a nice try as well, then had to come from the field. Uh, hopefully that's not an ACL injury. We'll see how it plays out. Wish him all the very best. But still... 
Regan, junior, 55-plus minutes each. Pretty big minutes in the early part of the season when it's so fucking hot and whatnot. It just doesn't make a heap of sense to me. Jack Murchie played 34 minutes. Makatoa played 27 I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Matto. Now with Matt Dory out, maybe he does come back on the edge. I'm not sure. But I personally think they need Matto through the middle. Um, a lot of messages about Jermaine Hopgood. Uh, look, he played He played less minutes. Uh, wasn't his greatest game, to be fair. I don't think he was terrible. But he did have the offload that led to the intercept. Um, they were behind on the scoreboard. I, I don't really know what you... What do you expect? He's he's gonna he's trying to win the game for his team. They were behind on the scoreboard. They needed to do something. They're going for offloads. Um, I just I think people going hard on him for that, saying he lost them the game. They conceded thirty four fucking points. I mean, if you're gonna put it on that, and you know you can call me biased because I'm a Hopgood fan or whatever, but I personally think I'm just applying an inch of common sense that I think a lot of fans lack at times. If you think that the offload in the what seventy sixth minute or whatever it was cost them the game when they conceded thirty four fucking points before that. I'm sorry, but you're a moron. Respectfully, you're a moron. Uh, and I just don't understand that logic in any way, shape, or form. I am starting to get a little bit worried about Para. I think, does Madison return next week? I think he does. I think he returns in round four. So, uh, yeah, we've got the grand final replay on Thursday night, Battle of the West again. Very, very interesting to see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, Parramatta, I'm not going to lie, I am starting to get a little bit worried about them as I thought they would sort of struggle at the start of the season. It looks like they have, and you know what? They've lost three games in a row by four points. They've been in all of them, but you need to start to ice games. I mean, that the, the golden point one, they probably should have won that. They let that one slip. Um, they conceded, you know, 30 points against the Sharkies. My sympathy is minimal there, and then they can, you know, concede 34 against Manly. Once again, Sympathy is minimal, realistically. Now they take on this Penrith side at Combank. 8 p.m. Grand final replay coming coming off a, a bye. I don't know. Very, very tough for them. I, I do feel sorry for Parramatta, how it's all played out. But uh, it's the NRL, unfortunately. You're not in the credits business. You've got to stand and deliver every single week. Um, yeah, tough one. All right, let's move to the Friday night games. The first one, the Newcastle Knights took on the Dolphins. Dolphins started fast through Tessie Neal. I thought he was really good in this game. Three tries. Very impressive. The other winger, Jermaine Asako, scored two tries himself in the back end. Very nice. Helped me to a fantastic Supercoach draft win this weekend, which was good to see. Um, I thought Hamiso was good as well. My question mark around Hamiso has been his ball playing. As much as he wasn't, you know, James Tedesco or Billy Slater this week, I thought you saw just a little bit more to his game than what we've seen previously. So I think Hamiso, he definitely is improving. There is no doubt about that. Scored a try, obviously. Uh, you had Connolly Lumelu, uh, who who set that one up. I love him on the edge. I love what they're doing, playing him out there and Kenny Bromwich in the 13 sort of role. I really like that. I thought Tom Gilbert was really good as well. Got through a stack of work, Tommy Gilbert. Um, he was very impressive. What he 41 tackles. Very, very nice. I'll just get up Tom Gilbert's stats because I remember him just going fucking nuts. 59 minutes. He had 172 metres off 19 runs and 41 tackles. Very, very impressive. I thought uh, you and Aitken also had a really strong game. He was nice. Branko did some nice things as well. 120 metres. Had a try assist. Had a line break assist. He was good, Branko. Um, yeah, it's it's wild how much they're getting out of, of this back five for the Dolphins. Very, very impressive stuff. I thought Isaiah could Tower uh, had a good game without having a fantastic game. Did did a couple of nice things. Uh, he obviously had the play where he put up the bomb and it went about a yard too far. Uh, the, the Knights got the 20-meter restart. Bradman Best took it um, and gave it to Lockie Miller, who scored. And it was just, just a good little lesson for Isaiah Katoa that you can probably do that stuff in reserve grade and whatnot and get away with it. 
But in the NRL, you will be made to pay. But I also thought there was a number of moments where he stood up throughout that game and did some really nice things. Defense was pretty good too from memory. Just going to have a look at his tackles and missed tackles. Um, oh no, to be fair, five missed tackles, not fantastic. Um, 17 tackles, five missed. So yeah, probably a spot to watch for Isaiah there that we, we knew that coming into first grade though. Um, so yeah, I thought Sean O'Sullivan was pretty strong throughout this game. He just... Just plays a basic, simple game, but he just gets them around the park where they need to be. Uh, I thought Jesse Bromwich, he obviously set up a try, but he had some really nice touches throughout the game as well. You go and have a look at Hammer's try. The pass that Jesse Bromwich throws in the lead-up to that to Sean O'Sullivan. Very, very nice. Very good. Like some of the best ball-playing forwards in this competition. Um, so, yeah, I mean, considering Jeremy Marshall King, I think it's fair to say he was probably the best player in the Dolphins the last two weeks. For him not to be there in this game, for, you know, Cody Nicarima and Donahue to come in um, and perform without him, I thought they were really impressive. Jared Wallace wasn't in there as well, so they lost their hooker and one of their starting front row forwards. Uh, I thought that they did really well. So credit to the Dolphins and Wayne. They are... They're doing something pretty special at the moment. I did expect them to win this game, to be fair. Uh, but next week's the big test, the Brisbane Broncos, who uh, who played decent footy for about 15 minutes on the weekend and scored 40 points. So big test for the Dolphins. I think they're ready for a challenge like this. I'm very keen to see how they go. Not expecting them to win, to be honest with you guys. Um, but I am very keen to see how they go against that side. Uh, the Newcastle Knights scored three tries. Tyson Gamble scored off a pin-perfect kick for from Jackson Hastings. Um, I was saying to Jacko the other day, like you could have that kick a million times and not get it more perfect than that exact play. You love when that sort of stuff comes off in footy. Uh, Lockie Miller scored a double, which is good to see. Obviously, off the tap, a fantastic try there. But, uh, yeah, just... I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is with Newcastle at the moment. I sort of, I feel like they were in a position to win that game. To be honest with you, once Felice Cafusi uh, was sent from the field in the 68th minute, that was just after the Tessie new try. Um, I mean, the Dolphins won that next period, 12 0 which was very, very disappointing. The Knights, they were well and truly in the contest up until that point. So very disappointing. Obviously, you know, it coincided when Felice Cafusi was sent from the field. Jackson Hastings had to go off the field as well. So it was a real double weight of you there. I mean, still advantage to the Knights because it's 13 on 12, but losing Jacko without KP already makes life very, very hard. Phoenix Crossland got through 50-odd tackles, which is good to see. I just think he's dummy half passes. He's got a lot that he ha- a lot of work he has to do. I know he's not a hooker, but fuck, I mean, he's sort of been a hooker lock halfback for a number of years now. Um, he needs to improve that part of his game, but hopefully... Hopefully, Jaden Braley is available next week. That'll solve a lot of problems. Hopefully, we see Braley, KP, these sort of guys come back in next week. Uh, but I am a little bit nervous as to when we will see KP. I don't think it will be next week. I know that I've heard that KP is confident he'll play next week, but I personally don't really see a world where we see him next week. So, bit of a worry there. I thought Bradman Best, he looked really, really good. Um, he obviously had an error where he dropped it over the line. And this is where, you know, if Bradman holds on to that and scores, you know, they're back in there in front in that game. If um, there was a kick that Jackson Hastings put in for um, Dom Young, uh, where he leaped above and he sort of ran away from the ball. I don't know what the fuck he was doing in that moment there. Um, interesting week for Dom Young. I mean... Good meterage and all that, but I think felt like he had a number of er- six errors Dominic Young had. Simply not good enough. He should have scored off that kick, which would have made a huge difference as well. I, I mean, if you give me Daniel Tupo in that situation, I think he scores 10 out of 10 times. So obviously he's leaving the club and whatnot. Greg Marcy is not in the team as it stands right now. I do wonder if, you know, potentially 
the Newcastle Knights might be asking the question this week, what do we do with Dom? Um, yeah, an interesting one. thought Tyson Gamble was pretty good. Had a couple of errors here, here and there. I think he kicked out on the full, which was fucking bad, awful at one point. But outside of that, I, I thought he did pretty well. Um, yeah, look, they're, they're missing players. They're waiting for guys to return. They're, they're desperate for some certain guys to return. Obviously, KP is one of them, but I think Adam Elliott's. Another really key guy as well they need back. Jaden Braley, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, at home, they'll be disappointed with this one. I think they take on the Raiders next week coming off a win. Um, both teams with one win. So not the absolute desperation cup there or anything, but uh, both teams pretty desperate to get another W on the board. So really looking forward to that one next week. I think if I'm the Newcastle Knights, I'm having a close look at that try they conceded to Cody Nicarima and going, this is the bullshit. The Newcastle Knights never used to stand for. You never used to concede tries like this. Back in the, the successful days, the 90s, 2000s, Cody Nicarima doesn't score that fucking try where a utility, I wouldn't even call him a hooker, Cody Nicarima, dives out of dummy half and scores pretty easily. It's just one of those attitude sort of things they've got to sort out. So, um, yeah, pretty disappointing for Newcastle, but the Dolphins, they roll on another W as they head into next week, taking on... The Brisbane Broncos, who we've said them say could be the biggest rivalry in rugby league. For me, I don't care what happens. It will never be a bigger rivalry than our next game, the Sydney Roosters and the Rabbitohs. Another blockbuster here. We were uh, we were doing the live show during this one, so I've sort of watched bits and pieces, having beers, having photos, talking to people and everything. Went back and watched most of it. Uh, South Sydney started fast. Good God. Uh, Lockie Ellis with a brilliant little ball to Keon Colomantungi for him him to score. I love, I love how Keon Colomantungi just keeps on getting better week on week. He was fantastic in this one. Alex Johnson scored a nice try. The ball that uh, Latrell Mitchell threw to him was fucking incredible. Latrell Mitchell's passing ability, and look, I, I, outside of this pass, I know he didn't do an absolute stack in this game, but his passing ability is just unbelievable. It's like sometimes you see wingers and, you know, they they get skinned on the outside off a good pass, and you're like, okay, you're out of position. But quite often you watch opposition wingers, especially on AJ, and you go, fuck, you weren't out of position, but your hips were just slightly on the wrong degree, and that's all that Latrell needs to beat you with his pass. He's an absolute fucking freak at it. It's incredible. Uh, still Latrell, you know, 16 runs, 128 metres, uh, two line break assists, one try assist, five tackle breaks. Still did some really good things. Um, obviously had two shots to try and equal that game up, missed the penalty goal, uh, which was probably the worst one, then took a shot at field goal out of dummy half the end of the game to try and win it. Uh, it was a good strike, I thought. I, I actually thought live it was a chance to go over when he first hit it. Uh, but I do love that, you know, in that situation where the game's on the line, Latrell is in a fucking dreadful spot to try and win it. He still wants to be the guy that tries to win it. That sort of attitude will win you more games than it loses you realistically. So uh, tough loss to South Sydney going up against their arch rivals. Uh, but yeah, tough one there. I thought Campbell Graham, he was tremendous. He is an absolute freak, Campbell Graham. I haven't had a look at his stats yet, but I would assume they are off the fucking charts. Let's have a look at Campbell Graham. 15 runs for 194 metres, 38 post contact, two line breaks, one line break assist, one try assist, four tackle breaks. What a game from Campbell Graham. He was sensational. 20 tackles and only one missed. 
Absolute weapon. Love that from Campbell Graham. I think he took on Suwali'i in this one, and I thought Campbell Graham came home uh, with the bickies there, realistically. I thought he was fantastic. So uh, credit to him. He's a credit to himself and to this team. I love him. Uh, I think he, he set up a try for Isaac Thompson. He's not as quick as I thought he was, Isaac Thompson. He's a little bit slower than what I thought he was, to be fair, uh, but still a very, very good winger. His stats still read pretty well from that game. Cody Walker, a little bit out of sorts at the moment, let's be honest here. Uh, was, wasn't was a great game from him. I just He's just, I don't know, he's just lacking a bit of spark at the moment. I feel like sometimes he's getting ahead of himself a little bit with, with trying to niggle and do all this sort of stuff. We saw him... You know, last week, was it last week against the Panthers? I think it was. You know, having a crack at Mitch Kenny, he went to, you know, push him in the face, knocked on him to play the ball. Um, then he chased Sam Walker the other night for like 40 metres across the field to push him on the ground and tripped over the play the ball himself and gave away a penalty. I just I just wish Cody Walker would just focus on his footy at the moment because he. I just... I don't know. I, I felt like two years ago when you'd see Cody go after guys, you'd go, okay, now we're in for a 15-minute masterclass from Cody. I haven't really felt that way over the last year or so. So um, maybe I'm not being fair. I, I I don't know. You South Sydney fans might know a little bit better than me, but I just feel like he's such a gifted and talented guy. I'd rather just him concentrate on his footy at the moment. Uh, I thought Ilias was strong once again. Totola was great in return. Harm Saleh, fuck me. Just can't get through four weeks without an injury. It's fucking brutal to watch. I, I rate him so highly. Such a talented guy. But he just can't stay on the field. It's fucking brutal. Um, yeah, we obviously had, you know, towards the back end of the game, Isaiah Tass, who's had a fantastic few weeks, was good again in this one. But there was two times he probably should have scored. And Joey Manu came out with try savers. I thought one of them was a definite high tackle. I thought it was a really bad one too, to be honest with you. We obviously got Sinbin for that. I'm not sure if he got Sinbin for the tackle or if he got Sinbin for the little brouhaha that started after. Uh, but there was another one that, that Joey Manu saved on Isaiah Tass that should have been a match winner there as well. So some good moments for Isaiah Tass, but also some pretty fucking disappointing ones that could have won the game for them realistically. Uh, Cheekam. I'm still trying to work out what the fuck Cheekam did to get Sinbin. Though I was sitting in a room... Of about 10 blokes. It was me, Matty, Jarrell were sitting there. We were watching it. There was a table behind us of about, you know, 10 or 12 blokes. And we saw Cheekam go, and I swear the whole room went, Cheekam? I just, I fucking, with everything that played out with Cody Walker in there, with Cam Murray in there, I was a bit surprised that Cheekam was the one to go. But uh, maybe there was something that I missed. I'm, I'm not too sure. Not too sure. Once again, I spoke about it last week on Bloke. I mean, if you're chasing points, which they were sort of, sort of towards the back end of this game, um, and. Blake Taft didn't go on the field. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't quite understand what, oh, sorry, sorry. No, sorry, guys. Take it back. He, he was the 18th man. Sorry. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, and that's where I think, you know, in a tight game like him, like this, maybe having a guy like him coming off the bench might've been handy. I don't know. You always know these games are going to be tight. Someone that can break it open a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. South Sydney, I mean, you, you, you lose by two points. Probably a game that they should have won considering the Roosters and who they have out and whatnot. And South Sydney had their whole squad. They did lose harm, so I understand that. A couple of tough calls here and there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, South Sydney are always disappointed to lose this game. But I think this one in particular would have stung them a little bit. Uh, the other side of park, the Roosters. Um. Yeah, I mean, they don't look great. They still don't look great. I know they managed to win this game, but they don't look fantastic. Uh, I'm still trying to work out sort of what their brand of footy is. I think they are as well, really. So I, th- I thought Jackson Paulo was good, scored two tries. He was nice. Daniel Tupa did some good things. Uh, Brandon Smith, he obviously scored his try. Very, very soft try. Uh, that was the one thing that was probably the letdown in Coleman Tungy's game. Just sort of got stuck in the mud on that one. And you can sort of see... 
uh, Latrell at fullback there. Once he got beaten going to the left side with, honestly, Brandon Smith like moving his head to the right-hand side, um, and Latrell started that hard chase, he was never going to get back there. And I think that uh, Coleman Tungy, I don't know if it was a lack of communication from the back or whatever it was, but I, I just think that he, he he was a little bit lazy on that one, got stuck in the mud, got to be better than that. Hooker's shouldn't be able to run 15 metres untouched to score, especially, like, it's Brandon Smith. Like, it, it's it's not Harry Grant. Like, I know Brandon Smith's a good nine and whatnot, but, um, yeah, that, that try was just very, very disappointing. Really let them back into the game there. Uh, so disappointing for South Sydney there. But credit to Brandon Smith. He is improving week on week. I don't think there's any doubting that. Victor Radley, uh, I looked up at one point and I, I thought he was going for another HIA. I, I thought he was in trouble. Um, he still went on to play decent minutes in this game, but it is becoming a bit of a worry with Rads. Let's be perfectly fucking honest here. Still played 70 minutes, 94-odd metres, uh, a tackle break, and I think he made about 45 tackles. Yeah, for, for 47 tackles, so a good knock there. Egan Butcher, uh, we're a big fan of him, but uh, the more we watch him, the more I'm starting to agree with Timmy Williams. I think he might be a middle not an edge guy. So it'll be interesting to see how the Roosters handle this over the next few weeks. I thought Jared Rare Hargraves, they probably don't win this game without him, to be honest with you, as much as he didn't play huge minutes or whatever. Um, 38 minutes. Um, yeah, 38 minutes. He ran for 174 metres off 17 runs. He was just solid. He's just that little bit of... He's like a safety blanket for the Sydney Roosters. They just always play better with him. They, just, they seem to just be at a different level whenever he's putting his boots on. So... Credit to him. I thought he was really good. James Tedesco, very stock standard performance. Uh, 150 metres, a line break, line break assist, try six, six tackle breaks. Just went about his business. I thought there was a tackle he made on Campbell Graham that he had absolutely no right to make, Teddy. It was a two-on-one. He was in all sorts, and he made that tackle on Campbell Graham. I thought it was a fucking huge one. So um, credit to uh, the Sydney Roosters. Got it done. Uh, there was a try there that uh, I think it was Jackson Paulo scored where there was a bit of interference on Cody Walker from Joey Manu. And I, I did think Cody Walker played it up a little bit. Personally, I think that if Cody would have hit the ground, I think it's probably a penalty. I think that he probably didn't play it up enough, uh, which, which sucks to say. You hate to see that when guys take dives and everything. And credit to Cody for not taking a dive. But I've got to tell you, I reckon if he dives on that play and falls on the ground, um, I reckon that that could have won the game for South Sydney, which, which fucking sucks. I hate that part of the game, but some to consider, you know. So, yeah, um, a close game there. Another one to add to the Book of Fuse. It was fantastic. It f- finished with uh, a bit of fire, which is what you love to see. Uh, and I guess the last talking point, which I forgot to mention, the Dolphins game. Um, obviously, there was a shot on Jackson Hastings from Felice Cafusi. I think getting three weeks is fucking outrageous. I cannot believe that is a three-week suspension. I understand protecting our halves. I get it. But, I mean, I, I yes, the ball was out of Jackson's hands, but... Felice was already on his way there. You have to put pressure on these guys. If Jackson doesn't pass it and he runs, what's Felice meant to do then? Just prepare. Like, he's, he's unpreparing for contact then. He had a split second. I saw Joey on Channel 9 complaining about it, and I, I think that Joey has obviously got a little bit of, of invested interest there because, you know, Jackson's obviously with the Newcastle Knights. He works pretty close with him. Um, but I And I understand protecting halves. I get it 100%. But I don't know what more Felice Cafusi could have done there. He's, you know, he's going to run up. He's going to put pressure on Jacko if he if he dummies that, and he absolutely hammers him. Which, you know, the the timing didn't allow him to pull out of that. In my opinion, um, I just I felt a bit sorry for, for, for Felice Cafusi. We've been celebrating those sort of moments the last few weeks from him. Um, and if Jackson would have held that ball, it would have been another absolute bone bone cruncher. They were going, oh, Felice is building culture at the Dolphins. How good's that? 
Instead, he misses three weeks because Jackson had let go of the ball by less than a split second, like less than half a second that ball would have been gone. I, he- I heard Joey use the argument the ball was had gone four or five metres. And when you say that, it makes you think it's, it's a second or, so, or two seconds, but it's not. It's a split second. You think about it, if you're standing five metres away and you pass the ball to me, how long do you think it's in the air for? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, and then and then add on top of that, it's an NRL halfback flicking the ball out there as fast as he can. I just I don't think it's a fair argument. I just think Felice, I don't think he should have got three weeks for it. I can understand the sin bidding, but uh, I don't think it should be a three-week suspension. Maybe there's carryover points involved in it. I'm not too sure. But personally, my eye test said to me that that was a little bit harsh. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.